All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Bring the Juice. Fire me up. We got Fresno State quarterback Mikey Keen on the pod. It's about time, Mikey. Welcome to Bring the Juice, brother. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, man. Dude, long time coming. Uh, gotten to know your parents pretty well. Pumped to have you on the pod. Great people so no far. Love it. Love everything yeah. about it. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. Um, you know, Mikey, out of the gate, let's just talk your journey. It started off, you grew up in Arizona right. and end up landing originally at UCF, Central yep. Florida. Tell me why you chose UCF out of the gate in your high school years. What was the decision then? Yeah, so I had a unique high school recruiting experience overall. Um, it was pretty slow to start. And then I got the pickup really started when COVID hit. Okay. Uh, so COVID hits, that's going into my senior year. And so everything gets shut down. Um, but at that time, it was after my junior year, I had one offer uh, from Northern Arizona University. Um, and it was just kind of talking to a bunch of different schools. A lot of Mountain West schools were talking to me. Uh, and then COVID hit. And no one really knew what was going to happen or shake up with that. But before that happened, in about February, um, UCF actually signed an Arizona quarterback. His name's Parker Navarro. Still great friends with him. Um, he was at Desert Vista. So he was an Arizona guy. Uh, so they're out doing their official um, visit with him. They're right. doing an in-home visit. And so they were like, all right, we're going to check out Arizona quarterbacks. And they stopped by Chandler High School and checked me out. So I got, a, got to meet the OC. Uh, I got to meet uh -huh. the quarterback coach. And then they came back and watched me throw about two weeks later, I think. Uh -huh. um, so at that point, it was like I had a great relationship with these guys. I'm talking with them day in and day out. I'm not getting the offer yet. Uh, but... Offers slowly start to roll in, and then when COVID hit, I mean, it just it took off, and it took off for wow. everyone because no one really knew what was going to happen. No one really understood when we were going to be able to go to, to go to camps uh, and see these guys in person. So it was yeah. like everyone just started committing because yeah. they had no idea what was going to happen. There's rumors <laughs> of they're going to give these guys back their scholarships. There's not going to be enough scholarships for you guys. Dude, crazy experience. Crazy stuff. Right. Um, so throughout the whole process, UCF ended up offering me. They're about my 10th offer, I think. Um, so they were a little late to it, but at the same time, I had met these guys. I had, I had a great relationship with them. Um, and it was, it was a crazy story because at the time it was like March, March right. happened. I'm in, I'm in Puerto Vallarta with my family on vacation, spring break. <laughs> so everyone's like the grocery stores are, I mean, everything's gone and we're like, what is going on? Wait, when COVID hit, you were in Mexico? Yes. So at, we're freaking out we're like what the heck is going on i was in mexico and so <laughs> oh, my shit. mom's taking my mom's taking toilet paper from the hotel <laughs> like we're loading up on stuff there because we have no idea what's going back in the states yeah so anyways it kind of the ball keeps rolling and once you get a big offer the offers just roll in that's kind of how it rolls right. um and regardless and even more in this instance uh so it's about Shoot, I get back and May rolls around, I think. And mm. people still don't know what's going to go on. Like camps have been canceled and stuff like that. But I'm talking to a lot of people. Um, I was talking to a good amount of people. It's funny. I was talking to Graham Harrell, who is the OC at Purdue now. Mm. He was at USC at the time. Um, so I'm talking to them and I'm like, shit, that's a, that's a dream school <laughs> yeah. opportunity. So I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, I'm just letting it kind of play itself out. Right, and then Coach Heupel and Coach Golish and and um, those guys at UCF, uh, everyone was committing. So right. they had a guy that wanted to commit and play, be their quarterback commit for that class. Yeah. So they hit me up and they're like, "Hey, you're our number one guy. Like, we want you here." 
They're like, can you commit right now? Shit or get off the pot. Yeah, basically. They're like, can you commit right now so we can tell this guy? Sorry. Sorry, we have a commit already. And I'm like, no, I can't commit right now. And so they're, I mean, my phone, my phone is blowing up from these guys. They're hitting me up, FaceTimes, everything. Like I'm at, I'm at my friend's house. They're calling me, call me back, all this stuff. And I mean, it was pretty stressful, but at the same time, I was like, shoot, I don't know what else is going to come from this. And I'm a, I'm a big, like, once you're committed, like you're committed guy. Like I'm all in on this Loyalty university. Is huge. Loyalty is huge for me. And it was, a, it was a unique situation, of course, because all that happened. And I had planned on committing before my senior year, but not that early because everything was still kind of rolling for me too. Right, right. Um, so I told them no. And they were like, well, all right. So we got some stuff to figure out. And I get a call about a week later. So UCF's off the table. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going there, I guess. I, I'll just, it wasn't meant to be. And they're like, hey, we rejected his his scholar, his commitment. And they're like, you're still our number one guy. So then they continued continuously recruited me. Um, and I was talking to Iowa State at the time. Hmm. And funny thing is that Brock Purdy, Purdy was the QB then. Um, He's an he, Arizona guy. Arizona guy. So my freshman year, I was pulled up for the whole year. Uh, but we played Brock Purdy in the state championship. Hmm. I mean, the best player in the state. No offers until after his senior season. It was crazy. Brock Purdy, no offers till no after his offers senior season. No offers until his, after his senior season. Wow. Best player in the state by far. Everyone's like, this guy needs to have How? some offers. Yeah, and, right. and no one understood it. And he's, I mean, he's an undersized guy, but he's bigger than me. I was like, I don't really understand this. So sure. anyways, Iowa State was recruiting me as well. They were speaking to me. Um, so I was kind of holding off. I, I thought that it would be cool to go in, learn for, learn under Brock for a year. He was having a hell of a career there. Um, and then step in and be the guy at Iowa State. So I was kind of holding off on them. And honestly, it was about a month out from my senior season. Our senior season got pushed back a month. Um, so they call me. And it's kind of like a call where it's like, all right, you guys offer me or not. We've been speaking for about a year now. Um, and they said they're going to wait a, a month to evaluate senior film. Mm. Next day, I committed to UCF. Wow. Uh, it was kind of like a fuck you guys in all, yeah. in all honesty. Um, and I was like, you know what? Everyone, every time that someone asks me, where are you going to go? I'm like, right now it's UCF. And I was, shoot, I'm living in Orlando. Like I'm throwing, The program was bumping at this point. The, pro- the program was bumping at this point. I mean, they had just come off their, their couple seasons with Mackenzie Milton, who is a, has been a great mentor for me. Um, I didn't know him at the time, uh, but awesome guy. Yeah. Unfortunate how his, his career ended up because that injury just... He was he was a dog. I mean, yeah. Heisman, a guy in the Heisman conversation every single time that he stepped on the field. So, all love for that guy. But no, it was it was a crazy situation how that played out, and then ended up committing there. And the funny thing is, I get about a month into my senior season, and Iowa State rolls around again. Mm-hmm. So they offer me, um, and I ultimately just ended up sticking with UCF because they're that committed loyalty. to me. Exactly, that loyalty, no doubt. God, before we get into that too much, I want to give a quick shout out at our friends at American Pistachio Growers. If you want to perform like the pros, eat your pistachios, eat those nuts, kids. Mikey, you a pistachio guy at all? I'm chance? a big pistachio Huge guy. Huge pistachio guy. Do you think, and I I'm not a scientist or anything like that, but do you think eating pistachios helps you be a good football player by chance? I'd have to say, yeah. Yeah. It definitely did help me become a great football player. APG, check out Mikey right now. Might have to give him some nuts. I don't know. The dogs keep winning games. I think it's a good thing going. Shout out to APG. So that experience, okay, so now you you committed there. You're at UCF, playing at UCF, like you just said, the McKenzie Mill. Like you, there's an era at this point. And I think 
Fresno State, and we'll get into your 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 journey here, but it's one of those things where like I see somewhat similarities between UCF and Fresno State to a certain degree right. of just like grit. Uh, bigger schools, you don't want to play either of them no necessarily. Doubt. Yeah, they kind of got their own swagger. That I've never been there, but the bounce house seems like it gets rowdy. No, definitely. Obviously, Valley Children's Stadium gets rowdy, and I think you know maybe without even knowing it, it's like God plays you in those type of situations for a reason. But you're at UCF. What's your experience like there? For sure. Uh, you're definitely spot on with the attitude and mentality of those of the programs such as UCF and, and Fresno State because UCF, this is their first year in a Power 5 conference, but before that, it was always the G5, the G5. You're hearing that constantly. Right. But it's like every time that you get an opportunity to play these teams... Knock them out. Exactly. So it's like it's a similar vibe to where UCF kind of never embraced the role but was kind of treated as the little brother to the the Florida's the uh Florida State Miami um those programs such as similar vibes to where it's like you have Cal you have Stanford you have UCLA USC and California as well for Fresno State so that's that's where a lot of similarity comes in with that aspect um unique unique situation for me getting to Fres or to UCF um so the first time that I stepped on campus I was a student Right. No visits, none of that. COVID shut all that down. Right. So no visits. I'm going from Chandler, Arizona to Orlando, Florida. I think it was 4,000 some miles. Uh, That's far. 17 years old. I early graduated. Um, and this was the first time ever leaving home. Like right. Ever leaving home. Ever You're moving. going blind. Exactly. Going blind. So the first night I get there, I mean, I'm shitting bricks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm throwing up in the hotel. I'm just so, I'm sick to my stomach because I'm like, what am I doing? Uh, and then slowly ma- meeting some guys and stuff like that. But it was it was rough. And the worst homesickness of my life that I've faced so far, it, it really grew me as a person. And the friends that I made in that time, I mean, I've got a, I've got a buddy who, he'll be the best man at my wedding. Um, he was my best friend at UCF. Uh, we just played Utah State. He's at Utah State now. Right. Um, but the the struggles that we had and how we grew and like leaned on each other in those moments, like the vulnerability that we shared, um, it was pretty awesome. So that's like how our friendship is so genuine. But anyways, I'm homesick. I'm really not having a great time there. Uh, things aren't the same exactly as how I thought that it would be. Like, for instance, they show me this Zoom video. They did. It's called like Z- official Zoom visits. Okay. So our official visits were on Zoom. <laughs> So, I mean, they're showing me this stuff, and I'm like, shit, this is going to be... I'm going to have a yeah, great time. Right. Um, they're like, we got a lazy river being built right now. I'm like, dude, I'm... Counting, <laughs> like, when can I get a flight? Like, I need to get there ASAP. I get there. No lazy river. None of this stuff, like, in the facility that they're showing. I'm talking to dudes. I'm like, what? Like, the big thing for me was, like, the lazy river. I don't know why. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted the lazy river. <laughs> And I got six-year guys there that are coming back on their COVID years, and they're like, yeah, bro. They told they were me, talking about that They forever. told me that shit on my recruiting visit, too. And I'm like, well, okay, all right. So anyways, that stuff's like, I'm like, all right, well, at least the football's great here. Right, I've right. got a great system in, in Josh Heupel. I mean, they throw the rock around. It, it's a system that makes sense to me. Um, and it's going to put me in a great position. I'm behind Dylan Gabriel, who's coming into his junior year. He's had a great two years in college so far um and he's looking to go to the nfl so it's like learn under this guy and then be the guy that was the plan two weeks in uh 
we're on like a random. This cold. is spring ball. No, no, no. So this is this is this January. Is, okay. Oh, oh, oh. This, this is, is still January. winter ball. Yeah, this is still winter ball. You're in like, shorts. We're in shorts right now. Right. Two weeks in, we're in some random Wednesday morning meeting because we can't have a team meeting like officially yet or something like that because of COVID protocol still. Campus is shut down. Nobody's on campus. So 72,000 students and there's like... 144 football players. Exactly. People. So I'm <laughs> meeting nobody. I'm meeting the football guys. Yeah. And we get it. Someone starts like typing in our Zoom chat. They're like, Hypo's gone. We're like, what? So everyone's like, Hypo's leaving. Hypo's leaving. I'm like, what is going on? This is my second week at UCF. I'm still doing like all these intro videos and things like that. I'm trying to... Compliance. Exactly. <laughs> compliance, everything like that. All of a sudden, one of our compliance ladies is like, uh, emergency team meeting. Go to the team meeting room right now. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, that was at what? 9 a.m. Hypo tells us he's leaving. Everyone's just... What is going on? These recruits are what are what is happening? We just committed to this guy, right. expecting him to be here for. I didn't expect him to be there the whole time because UCF at the time was kind of a stepping stone to another bigger Big program. Uh, but I wasn't expecting two weeks. Right. So he's gone. We have lunch at eleven. He's in his press conference at Tennessee. We're like, well, shit. Yeah. From then on, everyone leaves. We have no staff, <laughs> and we get. And at the time, Danny White, who was our AD, um. Uh, was at Tennessee too. That's who brought Hypo there. Mm. So we don't have an AD, let alone a head coach. So they got to find it. The president has to find an AD to hire a head coach. To hire a head coach to bring hire a, staff. a staff in. So we finally we get uh, Terry Mahajer, AD. He brings in Gus Malzahn. Right. Gus Malzahn brings in his staff. We're two weeks out from my first spring ball. We have zero install of a completely new offense. So two weeks out from our first spring ball, we have zero install. Damn. So we got two weeks to install and get ready for spring ball. Mm -hmm. Spring rolls around. Uh, it's a great experience. Um, not being recruited by the staff and, and Coach Malzahn and that, I think as a young guy was the best thing for me mm -hmm. because it made me so locked into the details to where if I was messing up or anything like that, I mean, I was getting taken out. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to be taken out. So it's like I'm up studying. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the grind, embracing it. And once it starts paying off for me and I start getting more reps and working up with the threes and then working with the twos, mm -hmm. um, it was something that I, I enjoyed seeing right. myself be able to progress. So going into that summer, uh, the plan for me was to be the backup. Um, I earned the spot in fall camp. So going into that season, I was the backup to Dylan Gabriel. Plan was to redshirt. Um, didn't really know what was going to happen from then on, but I, I just knew I was going to compete. I right. knew wherever I was and wherever I wanted to be, I was going to have to compete in life and football and whatever it is. I'm going to have to compete for it. So I was like, I'm not just going to transfer. I'm not going to do anything like that. I want to compete for this. So that ended up paying off for me. And then flash forward to week three uh, of my freshman year, we're playing at Louisville. And it's a, it's a tough game. I mean, Dylan's balling out though. Uh, he had a, he had like three passing touchdowns. He caught a touchdown and he ran a touchdown. It was ridiculous. He had a, he had a, it was hooping. A, he was hooping. Yes. Um, and we threw a, we threw a pick six. We got a pick with like 40 seconds left. All right. We're on their 45, I think. So all we need is a field goal. It's a tie game right now. And they sent a crazy pressure that we hadn't seen. Tip ball, pick six. So now we're down. All right, now we're in like last plays, like the laterals, all that stuff. Right. So we have this one play, it's called Support Center. And it's basically just we're laddering it and then 
lateral it back to Dylan, throw it across, all this stuff. So it doesn't work out, and Dylan ends up breaking his collarbone on this play. And I mean, it's like, talk about growing up. Yeah. I mean, on, on a flight home, my mentality's like just switched. Right. Like a flip just has to switch right there because I got dudes that are coming back for their sixth year. I just turned 18 years old two months ago, and they're 25-year-olds like crazy looking to me for leadership. Right. So we had a bye week that next week, which was great because I got two weeks of prep. Um, we ended up going to Navy. We played at the Naval Academy, which was an incredible experience. I mean, those guys are fired up the entire oh, dude. the entire game. I'm talking yeah, the entire student section. It's behind your bench, right? No, no, no. Not oh. behind our bench. So they're over on their side. But after every touchdown, their entire student section runs on the field and is doing push-ups. For wow. However, it was it was pretty crazy and it was a cool experience. It right. sucks. We it was a nail biter, um, but they upset us and it was a loss for my first career start. But I played pretty well. Um, Navy was good that year. I feel like too. Navy they? Navy is always presenting problems. All the academy teams are going to present problems just of because of the systems that they run. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Navy is arguably the best game of the year. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So they're just disciplined. They they all the, everything that you think of those academies, they're going to do it. They're going right. to be disciplined. They're going to be physical. They're going to fly to the ball. So pretty much that's how that shook out. And then progressed into my through my freshman year. Uh, we had a, we had a lot of ups and downs. I mean, we were we were banged up everywhere after that Louisville game. We had lost our center, we had lost our starting running back. So it wasn't like I was out there with just some like guys. Like we were right. we were all banged up. We were all going through this first year staff, all these different things. Um, but a lot of things that happened to me in that year, I feel like, have made me into the player that I am because I talked to Dylan a lot of the times, and, and Dylan was a great mentor for me. Right. He had a lot of mentorship from Mackenzie Milton previously, and there were things that he took away from that to where he could help me as well. Um, so he understood what type of relationship I wanted from him. I wanted him there all the time, honestly, talking to yeah. me, helping me out. Um, and he would never try and step on my toes, uh, which I appreciated from him, but I, I usually would want him there. Um, but then progressing through that freshman year, it was a lot of ups and downs for me because I'm just coming into every week. I'm like, how can we win this game? Right. I don't care about... You're 18. I'm 18. I'm yeah. trying to win football games. Yeah. And I mean, that that built my mentality for how I've always been. But at this time, it was like, I'm not trying to do anything. I'm doing my job. I'm trying to do my job and just win the football game. Like, how can I put us in a position to win? You talk about that flipping that switch. And I, I love that because I think everyone in their career, sports or not sports, you do have that switch you have to flip and realize like, I need to... It's not even get your shit together because you don't have it together. But it's like, hey, man, I need to either – some people say rise to the occasion. Others say fall back on our training. Right. And I think, you know, in a situation now where you've, you've matured and you're in the journey you are now, like you're falling back on your training. But For sure. when you're – I don't think people realize unless you've been there, your first kind of cycle of college football, it's just – it's just – it's faster. Oh, it's just faster. faster. The plays are more complex. Everybody's good. Everybody I don't care if you're good. a fifth string dude. You're good enough to play D1. Exactly. You're fucking good at football. Yeah. And you start learning like, okay, these guys all run four fours yeah. and all bench this and run this for, and they look the part. Why is this guy a first string? It's because he's craftier. He's smarter. He understands the game. He's got a competitive advantage. Right. So when you had to flip that switch, 
it's not like you were lollygagging necessarily. No. And I don't and I don't know, would you say it was a added pressure necessarily, but what would you say was the biggest thing you had to lock in on at that point, being 18 years old, understanding, hey, I gotta drive the boat right now. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me was I understood what I wasn't good at. And so I had to rely on my strengths. Like I was 18 years old. I had only seen three games of college football in all honesty. Yeah, I had an offseason of training, but I've seen, and I haven't played before, but coverages, all the different things that are going up front. I was like, hey, I need to know what we are doing. So yeah. if I don't know what they're doing, at least I know what we're doing good enough to be able to get myself in a good position to where I understand what we're going to, how I'm going to be successful in this position. And it was a big thing to where, my preparation aspect, it was night and day because at that time, it's not like you're getting, I'm the backup quarterback. They're preparing the starter to be able to go in and, and play and, and succeed. They're not looking to prepare the backup quarterback. 100%. So I'm taking what I can from these meetings and asking my questions. But at the same time, I got to find my own process. I got to find out what days I'm watching this type of film. I, I got to figure out how I'm going to watch normal downs, how I'm going to watch third downs, how I'm going to break down red zone, how I'm going to break down different situations. When am I going to watch two minute drives? All these different things that I had to ask and get answers for and say, hey, all right, I like how he does that or no, I'm going to do it this way. This makes more sense to me. So it was like you approach it. It's playing quarterback is very much like being a student. And I I prided myself growing up being a student athlete um, and I had great study habits. So Preparing for a game for me is always like a test. Yeah. And and especially now, like flash forward to Fresno State, like we have the answers. We have great answers. And so it's like if you study that test, we're going to be put in great situations. Yeah, it's not always going to be play out perfectly, but jump back to jump back to then how my mentality was. I was very just focused in on understanding what we were trying to do and accomplish and how I could be the most efficient as possible without making a mistake. A critical mistake, such as a turnover or, or just big errors and right. things like that. <clears throat> what about from a leadership perspective? Because you mentioned there is, and, and, and again, I'm, the culture shock when you're 18 is like, you're 18, peach fuzz on your face, damn yeah. here, man. And you're, there is grown aspect. I remember there was guys who had kids and that were married my freshman year. And like, there, you look at him, you're like, that's a grown ass man. That guy's 24 years old. He's a grown ass man. Yeah. Like, they look at you as a quarterback of, hey, you need to go be the leader. Is there anything? And I know a quarterback, and this is just my opinion. Sure. A quarterback should be a leader on no the doubt. team. Whether it's uh, you've earned your right to, you know, be like a captain type role. Right. Even if you don't have the C on your chest, like, you're a fucking leader. No I don't doubt. care if you like it or not. You better figure it out. If you can't lead your team, you're not a good quarterback. That is one of the traits, no matter how good your arm is. It's right. just part of the deal. Being 18, did you have anything that you kind of leaned on leadership-wise? And I know high school experiences, you know, they do grind you for those situations. For sure. They're like, hey, I need to step the fuck up right now. Yeah. But having to lead older guys in that locker room and gain that trust from those coaches... What about from a leadership perspective? Like what 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 were the, what were the traits you felt in that moment? Yeah, I mean, I feel like leadership is all about authenticity and how you approach it. Uh, I was not naive whatsoever to my approach as a leader and I'm not naive to this day about it because I look at myself and I'm like, "All right, 
what's going to make something about a person interesting to me to where I consider that guy a leader or what aspect of his, his game or his approach to life is going to make me want to follow that. So at the time I hadn't pissed a drop. I mean, I'm in college, like, yes, I've been there. Um, but one was a one big thing for me, uh, was the weight room. Yeah. So developing that trust with them, like, Hey, this guy's going to work his ass off for you. All that stuff leading up until where I was playing, where it really switched when I was playing is I had to show those guys that I gave a shit. Yeah, yeah. So understanding protections, learning all these different things that they were like, how does he know this stuff now? Yeah. It meant that they knew that I was putting in the time and I gave a shit. And ultimately, the thing about being a leader and the thing about being a quarterback that's super tough is your job is to win games. 100%. So I'm not looking to be friends with everyone i'm not looking to be liked by everyone but i do want to be respected by everyone and my accountability and the authenticity like i come back to comes through them seeing me be able to win them games so at that point it was a deal where it's like i need to get i need to get some wins for these guys i need them to see my process and them to understand hey this is going to win us a game let's follow behind this as we can get more wins continued because that's ultimately the goal that's everyone has their own stuff going on, but my goal is to win as many games as possible. I never want to lose. So that's where it comes into where it's like, maybe I wasn't as vocal or anything like that, but I knew what I was talking about right. because I put in the work and I put in the time to be able to understand what I was talking about. So that's where I earned it and, and still carry it to this day to where it's like, these guys know that I give a shit about what I'm doing. Like I care. This is, I, this is what I love to do. I love this game. Um, and I love the process of it too. So if they just understood that I love the process and that everything, all my undivided attention was going towards this team, that's where I feel like I got that validation to become a leader. Mike, that's fucking awesome. That was a great, <laughs> that was a great shit right there. No, but seriously, like it's, that's the type of shit that makes you want to follow someone in a battle. And I think what you said is right in the sense of just because you're, you're not trying to be the guy who has the most friends on the football team. Right. That's not what a leader is. That might help you, you know, it might help people be attracted to following you. For sure. But ultimately, a leader is somebody that does the things nobody else wants to do and yeah. sets the tone. And it's the guy who makes getting working after practice cool. Right. And it's a guy who calls you out when you've been bullshitting on your stuff. No doubt. And guess what? You can't call someone out. If you're also bullshitting on your stuff, exactly. You better if you're not getting in work after practice. How am I about to bitch to some other guy who's not getting work in after practice? Hundred percent. You gotta lead by example. And I also liked how you mentioned the strength conditioning team in the weight room. People don't understand. I, Andy Ward's my fucking dude. In yeah. my phone, he's Coach Andy in parentheses. Bring the juice, motherfucking Ward. Yeah. And it, I love that dude. But he taught me. He taught me a lot of things. But just getting into college football itself you don't realize how much time you really spend with the strength conditioning staff. And if they give you your little nod of approval of, hey, this dude's a grinder. He's really putting in to his body the best version of himself he could possibly be, whether that's in the weight room, physically pushing himself, lifting, extra work, even just recovery, things of that nature. It it holds a certain type of weight to where when those guys could back you, it does mean something to the coaching staff and the team as a whole. Right. And not many people quite understand that. They think of just the OC and the head coach. You don't see your head coach and your OC nearly no. as much as you see your strength conditioning coach. Not even close. I mean, I don't, for the, I'm talking accumulative for the year. Like, 
I understand it's, completely what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. It's night and day, but you're, you know, you need to be a type of guy at the end of the day where it's like, I will follow you into battle. And I think if you're a, a, an athlete, a former athlete, a fan, whatever the fuck it is, like, motherfuckers, will f- I'd follow you into battle, Mikey. 100%, bro. Like, that's the type of shit that gets me fired up because it does mean something when you have that type of passion. Like, you aren't just checking boxes. Shout no. out to Joshua Woods. Joshua Woods, middle linebacker for the fucking Arizona Cardinals. He said, like, I was checking boxes for a period of my time. Like, I knew I was supposed to do this because I'm supposed to be a leader as a middle linebacker. Fuck that. I need to I need to show it, live it, be it, make that who I am. Hey. And it does make a difference. It really does. And guys, they, it's, I, I say it's like juice, man. Like, this shit's contagious. One dude makes a big play, sparks your team. Exactly. Right? This shit is contagious. That's what makes football so beautiful, especially, right. especially college football. Like, NFL, it's kind of off and on. There's more ebbs and flows. College football, you guys, someone breaks one. Someone house calls one. Someone blocks a kick. Someone gets a pick. Yeah. Someone gets a big sack. Like, all of a sudden, it's No, like, it's electric. Everyone's fucking fired yeah. up. And in, in, in this, in it, if you're a player on the field, you feel it. If you're a player on the sideline, you feel it. If you're a fan at home, it's like, holy shit, man. Exactly. Like, there's this little electric feel where anything can happen any given day to where how do you not love this shit yeah before we continue quick shout out to our friends at ffb bank whether your business needs a loan or your dream needs a saving plan ffb offers the guidance and flexibility you need to flourish checking and savings sba loans long-term investment options everything you'll ever need from a banking partner you'll find at ffb what makes them different is their passion for knowing you beyond your financial statements listening to your needs, and fostering mutual growth by linking their success to yours. Mikey, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you, you've you hung out with those FFB guys before also, right? Great guys. Great guys. They're, I trust them with my banking needs with Bring the Juice, and I don't know how long you're going to stay before you go to the NFL, but don't you love FFB Bank? I love FFB Bank. <sighs> Dude, the commercials are great, too. I know. Those commercials are pretty fire. How FFB Bank, they do a great job. They with do a their great job. Both with commercials and your banking needs. Shout out to FFB Bank. All right, Mikey, let's roll into it. So obviously, UCF, you have your journey. Right. Somewhere in there, you say, it's time to hit the portal and you end up at Fresno State. Yep. What? Take me through it. Where are we going? Where are we going? How's it, how did it happen? Yeah, so honestly, going into my sophomore year, so freshman year finishes up. We're getting ready for our bowl game. And... Rumors are going around we're going to play Florida. Oh. In the Gasparilla Bowl. So that's in Raymond James Stadium. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium. Mm. So it's going to be a kick-ass game. It's like big for recruiting. Like we're the top two teams in the state of Florida at that time. Florida had just been Florida State. So it was like whoever wins this is the... The King Florida. King of, King of Florida, yeah. So yeah. that was going to be our whole recruiting pitch. So I set up a meeting with Coach Malzahn. And I said, look... I haven't had the greatest season. I've won us games. I went seven and three as a freshman, um, which looking back on it, it was, it was a pretty damn good job. It's fucking not, to, awesome. not to pat myself on the back, but I was proud of. I'll being, say it. It's fucking awesome. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but no. So I went and I had a meeting and I said, I need to tell them this. I was like, I'm not transferring. I was like, I don't care who you bring in. I was like, I just need you to tell me right now that it's going to be a t- fair competition. I was like, that's all I need you to say. I was like, I'll do the rest. I will do what, what I have to do in this offseason, get us ready to win a championship next year. And he said, he told me it was going to be a fair competition. So 
We bring in a quarterback um, from Ole Miss, John Rice Plumley, doing great things at UCF still. Uh, quarterback competition throughout the entire spring, fall. I mean, I'm talking, we finished fall camp and we're about a week and a half out from game one. Uh, they went with him as the starter. Uh, and I, at that moment, kind of knew that I was going to end up getting in the portal. Um, I right. spoke with them. Everyone, at that point, I'm I'm a leader on this team. Like I have, I have the locker room. Everyone's seen me for a whole year. They respect how the leaps and bounds that I've made in my freshman to sophomore year just as as a player and as a leader and as a teammate friend all these different things i mean orlando's my home so anyways i talked to the coaching staff i'm like hey i want to get my red shirt and they, i mean at this point they kind of they already know but they respect it too yeah um that's good it, it, of course because i mean i feel like i had earned the job or not the job but i'm saying the opportunity to play collegiate football and i had sure. seen myself lead a team and be a starter so i wanted to do that at another program um John Rice goes down, shoot, I think it's like week six or something, um, against Cincinnati. It's homecoming. Cincinnati is our biggest rival. Cincinnati is UCF's Boise for Fresno. Got it. Okay, so that's how that was. They're ranked 20th at the time. Kicked our ass my freshman year. Sauce Gardner, Desmond Ritter, all these dudes on their team. Went they had to a good college. season. A great year. Anyway, so... Um, Anyways, before that game, I, for some reason, I was I was juiced. I mean, my piss was hot before yeah. the game. I just Love had a, I had a feeling. Clip that. There you go. <laughs> I, I had a I had a feeling, and I had um, one of my buddies. We used to go, and he's my best friend, uh, walk on receiver. I was best friends with all the walk ons at UCF. Uh, those guys would, hey, come catch. I'm there. Like yeah. those were my buddies. Shout out to the walk ons. Exactly. Um, so his name was Cullen. We would go the developmental they called them brick squad they would have a lift on friday mornings uh at 6 a.m yeah so me and cullen would go in and we'd hit our own like little leg day mm. this is our thing like, yeah this yeah is, this is where i get to see he's on scout team i'm over with the travel guys and stuff i don't really get to see him this is my boy though sure so we'd go in and we'd like we'd hit a crazy pretty good leg day yeah um <laughs> And one of our strength coaches was like, dude, we might need you tomorrow. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck that. I don't, we're not going to need me tomorrow. Yeah. I was like, I've done this every week. Um, so anyways, John Rice goes down at halftime. Drive before halftime, all right? So I get one drive. We're backed up. Three runs in a row. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm like, yeah. this is, I'm, so I, I'm running to the tunnel. And I told Coach, Coach Malzahn, I was like, we're going to win this game. I was like, you got to let me do my thing, though. He's like, all right, I'll let you, I'll let you do your thing. So I go in, I give him my favorite passing passes. Um, and uh, anyways, we end up winning the game. Crazy game. Uh, two minute drive to win the game. It was incredible. I mean, homecoming, everything lined the, up, everything lined up. Like we have a great homecoming atmosphere. It's, it's our rivals. We're debuting these brand new, all black and gold uniforms. Like shit was crazy. Yeah. Um, so after the game, one of my best friends, Ryan Helton, shout out to the video crew at UCF. Uh, he always would take videos pregame in our tunnel as Zombie Nation is pumping through yeah. the stadium and we're about to run out. And uh, it's in my Instagram, but I went up to the camera. He was filming me. I'd always say some bullshit. <laughs> um <laughs> But I was like, in the slight chance that I play this game, I'm going to go in and fuck them up. <laughs> so after the game, I'm like, pull up that video. I'm like, pull that shit up right now. Like, I'm going crazy because this is our rivals. Like, right, we, just right. we just lost to East Carolina. We're like, damn, we're not going to make the conference championship. Now this puts us back in it. Like, huge game. If we lose, we're done. Like, for the year. Um, so that was crazy. That was one of the best 
atmospheres that I've played in, and and it was it was awesome. Anyways, get to start the next week, uh, beat Memphis at Memphis, uh, and then we play Tulane, who was rolling at the time. They go with John Rice for that game. Um, he balls out, does his thing, and I'm getting to the point where I'm like, hey, all right, so I've got two games left on my red shirt. I was like. At this point, it's whoever wins the American, they're going to the New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. I was like, save me for the conference championship in Dallas when we play USC or whoever, or Alabama, whoever. Yeah. So that was the plan. Um, and it didn't end up working that way. I had to come in in Navy. We ended up losing that game. So now we get into uh, we get into where we got to win against USF, our rivals, who are 1-9 and nine at the time. Rivalry games in college football don't matter. Dude, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Record does not matter your record. That's ever. the beauty of it. And in week in and week out, it doesn't matter either. You can get upset at any moment. Um, so I ended up having to play that game too. John Rice went down again. Uh, so I was in a predicament. Uh, four games had been played, and everyone in my corner is telling me, "Hey, you can't. You got to sit this game out." Like they're asking me to play in the championship. I'm. I am torn. I mean, I'm in Gus Malzahn's office, like in tears. Because I have no idea what I want to do. But ultimately, I had to get out of the moment right then and put my my career in perspective. And and, and honestly, I have, a, I have a pretty unique perspective with college football. Um, I want to use this as my resume right. to be able to get me into a job because I know I want to be in football regardless. So yeah. it's like you look at a dude like RG3 or Tim Tebow who's doing broadcasting right now based off of what? probably their college career in, in realistically all, it realistically yes yeah. because they were so successful and, and and even if i get into coaching i want to be able to recruit a kid that's like hey this guy knows what the hell he's talking right, right, right. about he's done this before totally. so i ended up sitting in the championship game um i get in the portal so it was it was a crazy experience i mean i can get into the portal too um but it was a I was blessed to be at UCF and, and it broiled down to where me and me and Coach Malzon, they knew for about a month that we I was gonna be transferring. Um and, and the final conversation that I had with with Coach uh Malzon was look, our success has come from different backgrounds. I was like, I have been successful with a different coaching style than you and a right. different system than you. I was like, vice versa. You've had success with quarterbacks that have run the ball all around the yard. I was like, that's not a knock on you. That's not a knock on me. Right. So it was a mutual respect between us. And I, I gained a lot of trust and respect from him in that year and the coaching staff because they all kind of rallied around me. Um, so I appreciate them and it was blessed to be at UCF. But yeah, that's how I ultimately got in the portal. And then a guy named Jeff Didford. And then calls a guy, you I mean, that was one of the first calls, uh, was Kirby Moore actually. It's my guy. He, yeah, he he hit me up, and uh, <clears throat> I don't know if Kirby understood the time difference. I mean, Kirby was calling me at like nine. It's I'm I'm three hours ahead. I'm in Florida. Right. Uh, he's calling me at like ten o'clock. I'm in bed. I'm like, dude, I'm studying for finals. Yeah. I'm, I'm knocked out right now. He's like, oh, okay, okay, but we're, we're chopping it up. Um, so that that um that whole process was great, and it was it was hectic too because you think about it this way: the portal opened. What was it? December fifth, I think. 1200 dudes are in the portal right all right these guys right. are finishing up fresno's getting ready for their their uh conference championship these guys are getting ready to get for bowl games they're going they're finishing up high school recruiting like it's a lot of shit going on totally so when that phone doesn't start ringing right away you're like damn what is going on i mean i had some pretty good film i had about 11 games of film uh 
So I'm like, shit, what's going on? But when Fresno hit me up, I had an interest in Fresno coming out of high school, but they never recruited me, um, which was all right. But I knew my quarterback coach growing up, um, he loved Tedford and loved how he developed quarterbacks and thought that it was a great fit for me. Um, So ultimately, it came down to I was supposed to take a visit. We were trying to plan a visit, but there's a two-week portal visit time. And then it closes for two weeks and then it opens up again. It's weird-ass timing, though, too, isn't it? It's super weird timing. So I'm yeah. leaving. I had to take my finals at UCF. December 13th, I leave Florida. You guys played in the LA Bowl December 16th. Right. So I'm like, shit, what's, what's, how am I going to be able to see these guys before? I'm Christmas like, I'm going to stand Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to have to make a decision off of no visit again. Shit. So... <laughs> Y'all whoop on y'all whoop on Washington State's ass, and I'm like, all right. So I get on, I hop on a Zoom with Teddy and Coach Kirby, and I'm like, I'm committed. I'm like, let's Done. let's get this thing rolling. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, from there, I ended up taking my visits and stuff like that to to Fresno, and my took my official, came down here. We went to some hibachi place. Tedford had the whole Hino Oshi. Yes, Tedford had the whole table sing the Bulldog Spirit song. So I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> In front of the entire restaurant. Good job, recruiting Teddy. <laughs> exactly. So my mom sings that song about. Shit, she sings it all the time. It's a good song. It's a great song. I love it. I've definitely bought into it. It's a good it. song. And then get here and it's time. Just get to work. <clears throat> Damn. Yeah. Dude, the night so Kirby Kirby came in uh, my like sophomore season, mm-hmm. and we kind of learned to grow together. He recruited my brothers while I was still playing, and right. I was always like, "Hey, man, like, let's go, let's yeah. fucking go, man, get the get the Delana boys out here." And he's like, "I really like him. We'll see what happens." <laughs> and we developed a relationship because he's a younger coach, and I was I kind of watched him grow as a I kind of watched him develop into a play a, a coach as I developed into a player, right. And I bought in and like, you know, he's he's a great dude. And uh, I, the night, I finally hit a point in my life where I was like, it wouldn't be weird to like go out and get dinner with a coach yeah. type thing. Because we he would text me asking how I'm doing with my life and whatnot. I was like, hey, you know what? Like I'm about to get, I'm engaged now. Like I invited him to my wedding. Your wife and my fiance didn't really know each other. Why don't we go get dinner one night? We had dinner lined up, bro. And I'm like, I'm not thinking anything. I'm like, I got fucking, I got dinner tonight, right? All of a sudden on Twitter, Kirby Moore oh, no. gets job at Mizzou. Kirby Moore gets job at Mizzou. And he texts me and is like, hey, <laughs> um, not sure if you check Twitter, but I'm, I, I don't think we're going to make dinner tonight. And I'm like, dude. And like, and he told me in like, Dude, I got to give him some shout because he talk about loyalty. Dude's pretty fucking loyal. Yeah. And like, I know Boise gave him some love and gave him an offer. Um, but Missouri just gave him something he couldn't refuse. And as a young yeah. coach, like, do you got to keep developing? You have to keep developing. Right. You have to keep chasing that next bigger uh, conference, chasing the bag. Everyone says chasing the bag. You're chasing, you are like, exactly. If, if a rival, you know, company offers me 3X and their bigger name, Give me a reason why I would stay. You right. know, it's especially as young as he is. Like, no why wouldn't you? So you couldn't be mad, but I understand the Kirby Moore, uh, you know, yeah, heartbreak. I got that call too. <laughs> yeah. Before we get any deeper, quick shout out to our friends at Prize Picks. 
Go to pricepix.com forward slash juice and use code juice for a first deposit match up to $100. With PrizePix reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. You know, Price Picks, Mikey. I know that uh, it's it's a technically like you're you're not a sports better because no you're in the NCAA. Yep. But to explain to a few people, there's some great uh, you know options there. Uh, for instance, there's an upcoming Thursday night football game as we're recording. Our guy, our Fresno State guy, Derek Carr. He is in that game. His his more or less on passing yards is two thirty nine versus the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars. I think DC is going to have a big game. I think he's ready to follow up. I'm going to hammer the more on that, and I think I'm going to pair that up with Tyreek Hill having an anytime touchdown. Tyreek Hill's so hot right now. Why would I not do that? Um, and then lastly, on the rushing slash receiving yards, Alvin Kamara. It's only 86 and a half. I'm also going to take the more on that. Alvin Kamara is a dog, but we want to see our guy Jordan Mims get some carries. Check that out. Prize picks. Again, go to prizepicks.com forward slash juice. Use code juice for a first deposit match up to $100. Um, Mikey, once your football career is over, maybe you could get in on the gambling. But until then, if I see a line that I want, I'm going to tell you like, hey, I need I need 250 yards tonight, bro. No doubt. I, I need, got you. I need... I, <laughs> Times are tough in California, bro. I need some. I need some. I need some income. Very bro. tough. I feel you. So Jeff Tedford, you know, he has the Jeff Tedford effect. Obviously, before the pod, we were kind of chopping up about his former proteges. I don't know if he still has the record for the most first round quarterbacks of all time that he's coached. But talk to me about being a quarterback under Jeff Tedford and just the the already previously known knowledge that he knows what he's doing and how you've kind of embraced him as a coach a man and a mentor right i think when you get a, a coach of that stature when with that background you have to approach your game with a sense of pride that you have something to uphold and you have a standard to uphold i feel like a lot of guys when they get with these coaches uh with coach tedford with guys like Al- at alabama with coach saban i feel like if they don't approach it with a sense of pride rather with a sense of entitlement that's right. where they get themselves in a in a tricky situation yeah uh but in all honesty it's been it's been a great process seeing how he works and how he develops his quarterbacks and what he can give and insight and coach matt wade has been a phenomenal phenomenal help to me um he's been a true uh, hands-on developer of me as well I mean all the quarterbacks in the room because he is really s- simplified it to where it is we're falling back on our training when we go out there for Saturdays and Friday like the other night but right. uh, in all honesty we have all the answers it's just how much that you want to prepare and put yourself in a spot to where you understand it and then let alone understand in a game plan uh, week what they're trying to do on defense and then what we can get and how we're gonna how we're gonna counter with their attacks and then how we're gonna attack them so we have all the answers uh which is a great feeling as a quarterback totally uh so that's just the biggest thing for me is that i feel confident when i'm out on that field i feel relaxed i feel i've been in this situation before i mean i'm going in my i'm in my junior year i've played a lot of football i've seen a lot of football seen a lot of looks and coverages fronts all the all the Birds and whistles, all that. Um, you age quick when you play college football. Very quick. I feel like I'm. It's time to grow up. Baby. I feel like I'm. 
uh, old ass man. I'm 20 <laughs> years old. But anyways, it's it's been a great time for me. And, and the great thing about me is I am young. I have a lot more time in this system. Uh, but ultimately, it's the quarterback's job is to be able to win games. And they're going to put whoever out there is, is going to win them games. Um, so you got to be able to prepare and, and have the confidence in yourself to win, not in an arrogance way, but you see these quarterbacks that have such success, they got that moxie to them. They use that word moxie. You think of a guy like Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Some people can perceive that as arrogance, but those dudes around them, they see him working his ass off every single day. So they understand why he has that approach. Yeah. That's why they have the respect of their teammates. You don't give a damn what anyone else no, thinks no, no. outside of that locker room. You can't. So that's where I think that playing quarterback and playing quarterback for under Coach Tedford um, has been such a great and unique experience. Definitely ble- blessed to be here. Um, so I'm, I'm taking it day by day and just enjoying every minute of it. You talk about Moxie. Who's, who's your dude? <sighs> My dude. Um, I'm not going to lie. Watching, like I used to watch a bunch of Baker Mayfield uh but it's it, Mackenzie Milton is like my guy. I mean, right. that's my that's a guy in like person where I, I'm going to call him if I got a question about something like he's like an older brother to me. Him and right. Dylan fill those roles very well. But the swag that he played with at, at UCF and taking that program and winning those New Year's Six Bowls and, and things like that and winning those conference championships. I mean, flat out winner and right. flat out dude, too, who just fought his ass off. So I'd say it'd probably be Mackenzie Milton. Um, that dude was a dog. I mean, before Purdue... Um, in the hotel at like ten o'clock, I'm watching the Peach game, Peach Bowl game highlights against Auburn, Mackenzie Milton. Yeah, so stuff Lame. like that, stuff like that gets me fired up. Um, especially because I know the guy too. Totally. But seeing him before and how he approached it and everything like that, uh, that guy's a dog for sure. What about? I fucking love that man. What about <laughs> like the? So talk to me about you know and i know you kind of mentioned your younger time of having to step up and rise to the occasion because you didn't quite have that training to fall back on right but being a quarterback there's it's high pressure situations what do you do and and i ask every quarterback this because i think every athlete has their own vice but i think quarterbacks there's a different level of focus that needs to be applied i would argue it's one of the hardest positions in sports if not the right um but what do you do to stay cool, calm, and collected? Is there is there any practices you do, exercises you do, things you do to just kind of like, hey, you know, I, I I talked to Jake Hayner last year and he was like, he got into meditation a little bit. Right. Anything along those lines that you kind of do just to, to keep yourself on that certain level? Yeah, it's funny you asked that. Um, music is a big thing for mm-hmm. guys pregame. Yeah. I listen to only classical instrumental music mm-hmm. before the games. You got a guy? I don't really have a guy. Um, I've got some. I've got some artists like the piano guys. Sure, those are my dudes. Sure. Um, shoot, there's other. It's just a bunch of like instrumental stuff, violin, pianos, and things like that. Like it's really soothing music to where everyone's listening to like heavy get, metal, big rap. Get me amped yeah. up. I mean, I'm sitting in my locker and I'm just thinking, and I'm not even really thinking about anything. Yeah, it's just I'm just letting myself live in the moment and honestly cool my thoughts down because I'd be lying. I'd be a damn liar if I just said that I wasn't anxious or nervous for games or anything like that. You're not human if you're not. Um, So that's my approach. That's what I found very successful for me um, to keep cool, calm, and collected. And honestly, my preparation throughout the week, uh, 
once Friday night hits, like Saturday, besides our meetings and stuff that we have in the morning and things like that, I'm not looking at anything from our game plan. I'm like, fuck, if I don't know it by now, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. just figure it out today. Right, right. So I take my preparation very seriously, but I get to a certain point where it's like, all right, I need, I know what I'm going to do. I understand I've prepared myself and I'm confident in my preparation. So the classical music is super big for me. Um, a lot of instrumental things uh but it's all the 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 no words nothing like that oh you can't and i and i love that you say that and that a little bit you know you mentioned i know i don't want to go back on jeff tedford but kind of understanding his attention to detail i always thought going because and my next question will go back to the little coaching but I feel like his attention to detail on Friday practices on games is 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 almost a different level because right. he's been through so many different scenarios of college football through his times in Cal where he had Aaron Rodgers, Marshawn Lynch, Keenan Allen, blah blah blah, these fucking super teams. Yeah, and he and he, I don't know if he does it with you guys as much, but like he's told us like you might think on Fridays, um, why do we take a have a punt where the puncher runs to the back of the end zone mm-hmm. and holds as long as he can and takes the safety. And he'll be like, well, in 1990, whatever, um, this is what happened. And we lost this game or we won this game because these guys fucked up. Like his attention to detail and just, it's just straight up experience. Like I imagine that's one of the traits like a Bill Belichick would, would, you know, have as a trait. Right. Um, did it, was that a UCF thing also? Or was that just kind of like, dude, this dude fucking knows football type thing? Yeah, uh, I feel like his approach and attention to detail is a little bit different from the approach at UCF. Uh, I mean, obviously, they've those guys have been through a lot of football. I mean, Gus Malzahn, Hall of, of Fame coach. He's been through incredible moments. I mean, there would be sometimes in fall camp where coaches are telling their stories. Like, we're looking at... I'm watching, or even just like cutups and things like that. I'm watching a film of Cam Newton run a play that I'm about to go run. I'm yeah, like, holy shit, Cam Newton. Dude. Cam Newton was my guy. I mean, that's why I wear number one. That was my, I got fat heads in my room, all this different shit. Now I'm being coached by the guy who was coaching him. Right. So I feel like it's a little bit different um, in in the preference of what Coach Tedford wants to do. He hits a lot more of the special situations that can right. than that, that can occur. Um, a couple of them were hit at UCF, not as many. Um, but at the same time, I'm, it's been pretty crazy because this year, like we have all of our backed up situations that we have, we've had, we've had a double overtime game. We've had a two minute drive to win the game. We've had a possible situation where we got to run our, our special plays, our one play lateral deals and stuff like that. So, and you get in those situations and you're not like, what the fuck? Yeah. You're like, all right, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. Yeah. And see if it works. If it doesn't work, well, shit, at least we know what we're doing. Exactly. But everyone's on the same page. So I feel like the first time that I did it, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, we did this mock game. Yeah. And I'm asking, <laughs> I'm asking, I'm asking Coach Wade, I'm like, hey, how many plays we got today? He's like, uh, 160. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. What are you, 160 plays? And we're doing every single situation that you can't even think of in football. You can't even think of. I'm like, what? What is going on out there? Yeah. And obviously, in Fridays, it's, it's a little bit more simplified. But I appreciate it because I'm going into prep for Wyoming, and I'm like, all right, we're doing this, we're doing this. This is what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and it's like everyone understands what's going to happen with these situations, and it's not like you're just shit in the bed no, when no, it no. happens. So it's it's pretty unique to see how. It was the first time that it rolled out. Everyone's just like, all right, we got this. I'm like, what is yeah. that? What are we doing? It takes some adjusting. It very much does. It, 
I think it's almost, and I think like back to like a Mike Leach type thing where, um, you know, people would love to like sit in a classroom for a day and and see the different scenarios that could happen right. in a football game. Yeah. Before we finish up, uh, quick shout out to our friends at Coors Light. Drink Silver Bullets, Coors Light. It's like Gatorade for adults. It's delicious. Um, on a nice Friday afternoon, you finish your work week, slam a Coors Light. You're gonna go watch Mikey play for the dogs. Go drink a Coors Light there. Uh, shout out to Coors Light. We appreciate you. I bring the juice. You know, my last question, I didn't really have it written down until you talked about the experience, but I went through a um, coaching staff change middle of my career. Right. And I don't think, and I, and I kind of helped younger kids in their recruiting process, not from a look how great I am perspective, but this is what I did. This is, this was my, this is what my experience was. Do what you want with it. And people say the debate of, should you commit to a school for the school or for the coach? And you always got to take in the scenario, like, what if I tore both my ACLs right. tomorrow? Would I still want to attend school there? I I mean, I grew up here, so I, I always was wanted to play at Fresno. That's kind of what I wanted to do. Yeah. If I wasn't going to play at Fresno, if they didn't give me an opportunity, I was going to go somewhere else. Right. But my point is, I had got in by a coaching, got brought in by a coaching staff. We shit the bed, went one and eleven, and our coach got fired. Our head coach got fired mid season, actually right after we went to Utah State. Oh my gosh! And our everyone had to step up, and everyone was kind of young in their roles. It was like a first year OC, right. yeah, first yeah, year yeah. DC, and yep. all of a sudden you're an intern. And they did, and we weren't we weren't getting blown out. We were losing last plays of the game. Right. We were up thirty one nothing one game and lost in oh. double overtime. Oh my gosh. Uh, block field goals for game winners from like 10 yards out. Like, we just couldn't fucking piece it together. Right. First and goal, two minutes left on the two yard line, had four plays, couldn't get it in. <sighs> just like consistent daggers. That, those are daggers. Daggers. Yeah. And that team became really close because we suffered so much pain. For sure. It's not like they didn't practice hard. But, you know, the. Uh, a coaching staff both leaving is hard and a coaching staff coming in is also hard because you're not their dude. All that stuff that, you know, they know you from they recruited you, they saw value in you. You already kind of have a a built up upper hand perspective of a coaching right. staff. It's all that's all out the window. Now you got a hundred dudes in a locker room with brand new strangers. And guess what? It's time to fucking compete. Yeah. They don't give a shit. If you were the five star that they, you know, kissed your ass to come here, or you were a scrub walk on who's earned his way to this role, like they want to see you compete at that point. No doubt. In Tedford, I don't know if I could say this or not, but it's fucking bring the juice so I can do whatever I want. But like <laughs> Tedford, when he, he went through a spring and he 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 cut, he got rid of quite a bit of guys. Like I want to say, you know, 15 to 30 guys. Scholarship walk on didn't yeah. matter. Like if you weren't an asset, you were a liability, and he tried. We just went one and eleven. He had yeah. every right to do that, you know. But I want to know your perspective a little bit on that coaching change, and you know what went through your head when your guy left, as well as what went through your head when the new guys were in the room. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that goes to there's a whole philosophy that I built just 
being through the experience of it um, in college football is you got to be a dude to be able to get on the field. But at the same time, you see these crazy stories of, oh, this guy was a walk-on, worked his way up and things of this sort. And you look at those guys and they weren't the most athletic, they weren't the tallest, but they did their job. And that's what, as a quarterback, and I'll get to my, I'll get to the point of like we're at UCF, but I thought that I had to speak about this. But I tell receivers all the time, and this is this is why I'm like always buddies with like the walk-on receivers. And at Fresno, it's been the starting guys because they they focus on the details and they're on their shit pretty much. They enjoy the process. But right, if I don't know if you're gonna catch the ball when I throw it to you, if I don't know if you're gonna run full speed, and if I don't know if you're gonna be in the right spot or not. How the hell am I going to have you on the field? Right. And so that's just not even how I didn't say anything about how fast you ran. I, I just want your full speed. I didn't say anything about how high you can jump, how, how tall you are, any of this stuff, what school you came from, five star, one star. No one gives a shit about any of that. Because Half a star. Exactly. Because these coaches are going to put out who is going to do their job and make them look good for teaching them it's the a business. playbook. It's, it's a, a business. business. That's This is their job. This is yeah. their livelihood. They no way they're not going to have a job. They have families. So really, when a, when a new coaching staff came in, I had to understand that, all right, I got to hone in on the little details. I got to do my job, and they're going to understand, and I hope that they understand, which they did. Right. I'm a freshman. I'm going to make mistakes. Sure. But if I give a shit, if I handle all the, if I handle all the processes before pre-snap and, and take coaching and I'm coachable and I, I I give great attention to detail, it's going to ultimately pay off for me. Whether or not I'm on the field or not, it's going to pay off for me in life. Yes. Because that's how that's how it's going to work out and shake out regardless. So I'd say the biggest thing with that and, and getting a new coaching staff is making yourself, it, it, you got to look at it this way. You cannot give them a reason to not play you. Could not agree more. So you got to be looking at it from their point of view and they're looking at, all right, I can't play him because of this, this, this. If you shorten that list, it's going to ultimately pay off to you to where they're going to be like, I, I got to play this guy. It doesn't it doesn't matter. He's going to do his job and he's going to be able to fight his ass off for this team and put us in a great position to win. So that's where it ultimately comes down to me and my thought process on how that goes with the new coaching staff because... Everyone's going to run the same things. Yep. It's it's just different, different names. Different names, different terminology. It may be a little bit different nuances here and there, but it's all the same shit in all right. honesty. So and, and it's just how much you care. You get in that playbook, and then ultimately you just work your ass off for it. You owe it, and I, I love how you said, give, give, don't give them a reason not to play. Exactly. And I think, you know, one thing you kind of learn, and this is, this is like a good a nugget for the young athletes listening, like, I've always understood being a walk-on dude who had to right. figure out how to make the bus, how to get on that. There's 110 dudes on the team. There's yeah. 11 on the field. Figure out a way to get on there as much as you can. doesn't exactly. matter how you fucking do it. But as much of an asset you could be to the team, the more likely you are to get on that field. Right. If you only know X and you're a wide receiver and you're not the one or even like the two, you're probably not going to get shit. You're sure. on a couple of special teams. Show how you could block kicks. Show how you could hold. Show that you know X, Y, H, Z. Running back, tight end, left tackle, every bullshit in between. All of a sudden, you're an asset to this team. Right. And that's this is at the college football level. You're a high school football player. Bro, play offense, defense, special teams, kick. Do everything you possibly yeah, can exactly. to win. And I think that also comes with that competitive edge where you're just like, 
Some people have it. Some people don't. I can't. I can't. If we if we played if we played cards against each other, I I have to win. Right. I want to win. I'm not going to. Oh, who cares? Fuck that. I'm trying to win. Yeah. I got. I just put a putting green in my backyard. My wife started putting with me while I trigger meets. Right. <laughs> and we do this. We play like horse. Yeah. And she's like, "You never let me win." I said, "I will never." Let let you win. Yeah, you get better, and I fuck up, and you win. You win. No doubt. I'll be pissed about it too. Yeah, but I'm not going to let. I will never let somebody win. And that is both in a game, in a competition, and in life. And if you don't have that hunger, you're not going to get very far. But if you do have that hunger, right, and that dog in you, and that fuck you, I will kill you, and I will not tap out before you tap out. It, you're going to have a chance of success. And at the end of the day, all you can ask for is a fucking chance. Like exactly. you said at UCF, I just want a fair opportunity. Right. Let let my let me go against him. Look at the numbers. Look at the grit. Look at all the intangibles. Because there is intangibles to the sports. Right. You know, there is grit, there is heart, there is juice, there is uh likability of your teammates and people getting behind you. Like it does matter. But obviously, you have to produce. But let those difference little makers things. Let the, hey, I'm in the weight room a little bit longer than the other guy. Maybe you do it for one day. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Two weeks doesn't matter. But over the course of like a spring ball, a summer ball, a year, people start fucking understanding. That's funny. That's funny that you say that is because my mentality. I mean, I had, like, I keep bringing up Mackenzie Milton, but I, he's truly like a big uh, mentor for me through this time. Right. He was like, be around that facility as much as you can. Like, don't go just sit on your ass at your dorm. I was, it didn't even, it didn't even matter. I mean, I'm best friends with everyone in this facility at this point by the end of summer. Dudes are walking in, they're coming. We finish workouts in the morning. When we finish workouts in the morning, you're done for the rest of the day. Totally. Like, you don't have class. Like, if you're done the rest of the day, dudes are coming back, they're grabbing snacks and shit. I'm still just chilling in the weight room. You're not even doing anything or just my presence. I'm around, I'm around the building. I'm playing cards with the equipment guys. I'm playing and I'm playing. Madden in the in the video office with these guys. I mean, I'm just building relationships with everyone in that in that building, and and the staff respected me for it. I mean, I'm seeing coaches all the time. They're seeing me, uh, so just showing those guys, I'm like, Lou, this is this is my life. Right. This is what I give a fuck about. Yes. So I'm gonna be here. This is getting all my undivided attention. Of course, I set myself and and have relaxation time and, and freedom and th- right. things like that. But at the same time, I was like, no, I'm gonna. I'm here. Like yeah. you're gonna see me, and it was a deal where it started building up to where guys were talking to me about it. Good. Like, what do you do during the day? Good. I'm like, I'm here, bro. Yeah. Like, you can come hang out with me if you want to. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, you, I, I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm, I'll get in a li- little lift later. Sure. I was like, then I'll just chill here. What the yeah. fuck else am I gonna do? Yeah. I agree. You're gonna watch film. Watch it there. Yeah. Don't go home. Watch it. Fuck that. Watch it right there. Right. Like before I wrap it up. Fire ass episode. Anything you want to say to bring the Juice Nation? A lot of dog fans watching. A lot of people from across the country. Big moment. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> I appreciate Frank. I appreciate you having me out. Uh, of course. Bring the Juice is doing incredible things, and we were talking about this before the pod started. I mean, this isn't something that it's 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 authentic. You give a shit about this and 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 the valley cares about it too uh i know that you have the support of the valley and i appreciate the valley as well for welcoming welcoming me um with open arms and 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 so this the support has been 
nothing but unconditional. Um, I appreciate everything that everyone has done for me up to this point, and I'm excited. I got another two years here, so I'm fired up to be in Fresno. There's no other place that I'd rather be in the country. Bring the Juice is doing great things. You're going to see everything that's coming along with the, with mm. with Frank. Um, a lot of cool shit coming. Uh, a lot of dudes are going to be on this podcast. A lot of dudes have been on this podcast. So it's a great time to be in the podcast world, and Frank is kicking ass. So appreciate Bring the Juice for having me on, and uh, go dogs. Go fucking dogs. Mikey Keen, everybody. Fire me up. Get your piss hot. Get your Juice merch. Subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Follow Mikey on the gram. Go watch him win some fucking football games. Get your piss hot, and we'll see you next week.